Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting technique, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 139. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Nayo. The New Zealand troubadour who blends folk, jazz and pop is releasing her new EP this week, entitled Garden of Eden. In today's episode, we're speaking with Nayo about what inspired her new EP, working with an all-female studio team, and what it's like playing guitar for Harry Styles. Here we go. Our guest today is a travelling singer-songwriter who has spent time in London, New Zealand and Los Angeles. Having now been able to take some time away and stop touring with one of the world's biggest pop stars, she's releasing her brand new EP this week, entitled Garden of Eden. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Nayo. Hello. Kia ora. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just soldiering through life and having a good time in the Aotearoa sun currently. Nice. Um, it is a, from what I can see, it looks like a very beautiful day in New Zealand out the window at the moment. Yes. I mean, it's been, it's been a really beautiful summer. Um, yeah. Coming from, coming from a cold New York and cold London, I, I'm happy. I'm happy even if it's overcast and slightly warm. (laughs) Great. It, you have been, um, kind of traveling around the globe which we'll get to in a little bit but is this the most or like the longest period of time that you've spent uh, back at home in New Zealand? Yeah since uh, the start of the pandemic yeah for sure I had um, I had the option to come home at the very beginning of the pandemic I was stuck in Portugal and yeah I just decided then that uh, I'd be okay and that I wouldn't and I don't like I never regret a decision made but um it would have been nice to to be in a covid free country during the whole pandemic and it's been kind of funny coming back here now because this is the first time that New Zealand's experiencing an outbreak of any kind and so yeah kind of like was in it in the thick of it for a few years and then I've come back and now I'm in the thick of it again but um yeah it's all good it's it is what it is isn't it <laughs> that's it is one of the things that we are as as a society <laughs> learning to yeah <laughs> learning to kind of accept and then kind of try and move on with it or kind of have it um just as part of life i guess yeah i think and like it's been a beautiful time i mean it hasn't been a beautiful time but it has 
been for uh, for those who have decided to do the internal work and to figure out like when life seems to take a standstill. Well, what does life and what does every day mean to you? And how can you feel like you're living every day, even if there are restrictions uh, externally on that? Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of good things have actually come from this time and people turning inwards and deciding uh, to do the things every day that make them happy. Yeah, 100%. I think that um, a lot of people previously, maybe before the pandemic, I think that it was just like a lot of outward kind of emotions or pushing of, um, I don't know what the proper term for it would be, but I, I agree with you. I think one of the silver linings of a, there has to be a silver lining in a global pandemic. And um, I think one of them is... There has to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the ability for people to kind of stop and slow down and reassess or look at things. And as you said, kind of take that time to be a little bit more inwards and work out is what's going on, what makes you happy, what doesn't, and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. 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 I'm thankful for this time in the end. I understand that it has been like incredibly difficult in terms of survival for a lot of people and that um, the disparity uh, that exists within our society is a little bit more obvious these days. And um, I, all I can hope is that, um, that the people who have needed to take the time to realize the privilege that they have, have done so and are acting in a way to try and balance that out somehow in the world and within their communities. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I hope everyone's had the, the time and space to think and it hasn't been just stressful survival because I know for a lot of people and especially a lot of other artists and musicians, it has been, um, has been a really hard time to survive and like art kind of, uh, come off the table for a lot of them and it's just been like pure survival we have spoken to yeah a number of artists that i think have covered like a range of um emotions or outcomes of of the pandemic and and we won't focus too much on the pandemic i promise <laughs> this will be the last kind of uh, last part of it but some said that they it made them reassess their relationship with music. Some found that they were able to kind of utilize their time a little bit better in, in creating and composing or coming up with art. Um, I'm curious for yourself was that because the reason why we're talking today and we are about to get into this is uh, that you have a new EP coming out this week. Um, kind of linking it to COVID. Did you find that the, time you had during the pandemic was kind of linked to the creation or the working on this this brand new EP? Yes and no. I think it gave me the space to order things that I already had completed and to kind of look at my tiny kingdom and be like, oh, okay, you do have these works and like you should get stuck into them because you have the time to now. Um but I definitely spent the first year feeling just feeling very overwhelmed and a bit lost by it all and uninspired by everything. And um, yeah, it was, it's been interesting watching like for some artists, it's been an incredibly creative time. And for others, it's, it's been feeling sort of like 
stuck in a bit of a in a bit of a place. Um, so yeah, making this record during that time was more of a chance for me to refine my process rather than focus on inspiration or creative input. Yeah. That's very, yeah, I can very much understand that and kind of um, respect that. I think it, it is, it's different for every single artist on what they've mm. been able to, I think, realise and just kind of either reprioritise or, or understand about themselves in, in this time. As I mentioned, we are here to discuss that you've got a brand new EP, Garden of Eden, is out this Friday, I believe. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. No, of course. It is exciting. How um how long have some of these tracks and everything been in the works for? Um, well, the sort of main single, Garden of Eden, I think I wrote that in 2016. Um, and so... Over the last seven or so years since then, I have been re-recording and re-recording and re-recording. And um, for me, I've felt, I always feel like, some. well, I sometimes I feel I write songs before I'm ready to sing them or I'm ready to produce them. Um, and like, as a solo artist, uh, my solo project is kind of about about me having creative control and about uh, me exploring the sounds that I want to make and so not having too many people involved. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of been a process of recording and going, no, it still doesn't quite sound how I want it to sound. And I feel like these particular songs on this EP I have had to grow into. Um, and last year, having the time and space to think about, to think about, going into a studio and what that environment, like how can I make that environment feel comfortable for me? And, and realizing that I, since, you know, in my whole musical career, I've never been, I've always been the only woman in a studio session. Um, and so I wanted to know what it felt like to be in a session and it be all women, um, engineers, all the instrumentalists, like everyone. Um, so, so just sort of organizing that and trying to find female engineers in London and female run uh, recording studios and masters. And it was kind of a fun challenge um, to, to push myself to go and go and do this music and, and try again. Um, because I think I'd reached a point with it where I was like, Maybe maybe I do need to get a producer or, you know, maybe I'm not good at communicating what I want in my head out into the world. Um, so, yeah, so to finally get them out and, and to work on them with people that I really admire and love and just to experience uh, the, the energy of women in that setting was what this, sound and what this ep needed so yeah it was really cool that is that is very cool i'm i'm curious whether because i feel that it, especially in 2022 i think that the volume or the number of um females or female identifying uh, people um in the industry are 
the representation is a lot better. Definitely needs some more. But I'm curious, like, how, when you kind of set out to go, yeah, cool, let's find female producers, engineers, studio owners, whatever it may be, how difficult was that task compared to what you thought it might actually be like? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't too hard. I think for me, the most important player was finding an engineer who wanted to work in the way that I wanted to work, which was like maybe they co-produce some songs, but maybe they sit back on some others and just let me kind of go for it. And um, so I got put in touch with Strong Room Studios in London because they have a, a wonderful amount of female engineers. And I ended up reconnecting with um, a chick that I first lived with when I moved to London who studied and become an engineer. And so we felt like we already had this old connection from 10 years prior and working together was really beautiful. So it wasn't too hard, but I definitely had to seek them out. And every single woman that came into that session remarked on how different it felt and how this was the first all-female session they'd done too. So there are a lot of us out there, but we just, yeah, we don't we don't find each other because there's just so many men doing it. That's the thing. I think we've, um, in a, not anymore, in a previous life, uh, used to record <laughs> music and um, at the time there was a few female producers and engineers, but definitely I think we would be a lot better off with a lot more just in terms of, well, I think for everything, I think, the creativity would be would be better somewhat more open um same with producer i think it just it definitely helps to just have that representation it's the energy it creates a different space and um i feel like there was a lot more uh conversation and it was a lot more collaborative and there was there's kind of an understanding between women of like sometimes the ideas aren't going to be like forcefully thrown out there and you have to like approach them in a different way to get them out. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I'm not saying that that's, I'm going to be like fiercely for only women in my sessions forever, because I love the male energy, but I think it's like given me confidence in my own voice. And I understand more now how I work and how to communicate that to whoever I'm with in the studio. 100%. I think um, the results of that definitely show on this EP, the um, the sounds of it, sonically, it's it's visceral. And I mean that as a compliment. It is kind of, I found when listening to it, it really, sometimes um, music can become background music or it is, uh, you're still focused on it. But this I found kind of cut through whatever was going on with my day and I kind of had to focus solely on the music, which is something that I love in, in really good music. Um, when you're, yeah, approaching this EP and cause each song does sound uh, different and I'm going to get to that in a second in terms of genres, but the, yeah, how much do you kind of go into the recording and everything of it, thinking of those certain sonics and how it's going to sound as a finished um, product? I can hear it all in my head. It's been, the process of learning the jargon to communicate that with players and to 
get it from myself as well. And I think a lot of what I realized recording this was that I have been limited in the past by gear and by different studios. Um, and that, yeah, so that, that was one major thing. And I think... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, how I kind of like to work is like, I've got an idea of all these sounds. Like I, I know I definitely want strings. I know I definitely want keys. And then let's get a bunch of synths out and, and sort of put so much in that we kind of have to chip away at it. Um, I really, I, I really kind of enjoy that, and so it feels like you can carve something out sonically when it's all there. I just need to get it all there first. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The one thing I do enjoy about kind of any genre of music, any kind of music, I think things that stick out on whatever kind of body of work, EP, LP, singles, is when songs have really interesting titles because I think that if you've got the confidence to have a song that is a longer title or alludes to something more than just two words, in my mind, I think the artist is confident that that song definitely stands up with like mm. a stronger foundation, if that makes sense. Totally. I feel you. I've never heard anyone put it that way, but I understand that and I think you're completely right. The reason why I bring this up is because my favourite track on the EP was Only Lovers on the Late Night Tube. Um, I loved that song. I loved your voice in that song. It is just a gorgeous track. Oh, thank you. That's okay. Um, the <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious what the, the catalyst was for this song. That song's had a beautiful journey and... Um, kind of makes me want to cry even thinking about it it's um only lovers on the late night tube i mean yeah i've called it only lovers for a long time but it is only lovers on the late night tube and like the whole song is is made to make you feel like you're on a, a train and um it was hard in the studio deciding whether to keep it just as a piano and vocal track or, you know, because when I play it live, the drums kind of shuffle in at the end and it kind of like picks up this rhythm. And I really enjoy um, having that as a little surprise for the audience. But um, it's something about the song feels like it's old and it's kind of a classic and 
how can I like do that the most justice and like anyone can take it now and, and add whatever they want to it. And that's what feels cool about it. But I couldn't, um, I was struggling with the sort of the second verse and like, because as it like, uh, musically and the, the, the chords aren't very complicated and they're kind of just two chords repeating the entire way through. Um, and so I was struggling to write it and then, um, I met someone in London and we fell in love and he was a musician. And so he ended up writing a second verse to it. And it, yeah, the song felt like it, it was like a, a started off as a lonely love song and then it turned into a love song into in my life, which was so beautiful. And then um, we broke up a few years later and I have been trying to reclaim that song as my own ever since because, the essence of the song is that I'm in London and I'm by myself, but I'm okay, but I'm watching all the lovers on the tube. And so, yeah, it's been interesting trying to reclaim that song um, and, and sort of write new words to it. Thinking about like it's developed and evolved over five or six years, that song. and, And so I'm really stoked with it. And then I met, um, I met, I was in in London for a few months and I was living with an incredible Estonian uh, classical composer called Johanna Kivimaji. And I was just listening to her upstairs all day and I just took the song up to her and was like, how would you, how would you turn this like boring two chord song into something <laughs> exciting? And, um, and she she loved it, and so we worked on it together. And then when we took it into the studio, she it's a prepared piano piece, so she was putting like scrunched up paper in the piano, and you know, fucking with some of the keys, and and like yeah, I I just was like, let's do this justice, like you and the prepared piano and my voice, and it's not the best vocal take that I've ever done. And it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I was very tired, and but it's perfect because I just finished writing the lyrics on the train on the way in. And yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very stoked with it and it's captured a, a moment. One, th- 100%, 1000% even it, um, <laughs> the, I think that's what was kind of, I guess my, what drew me in the most was the fact that I, I still think I'm not going to disparage anything. I'm, it was still an incredible vocal take. So I don't think that, um, <laughs> it, I'm not going to say that it wasn't, but just hearing you say that it, I guess it helped explain to me the the performance in it. Cause it did give me almost, um, like you could feel the emotion. You could feel the moment in that song similar to, I don't know whether you were ever a, um, a big Damien Rice um, mm, but um when he's recording Cheers Darling in the in the bathroom and he's like slightly drunk and you can hear it in the recording it similar vibes to that you mm. can hear the emotion you can feel the moment in that song yeah yeah and it was it, I don't think it's kind of a song that like maybe the lyrics are going to change again and again throughout my life the important part, the important thing about that song is that I feel as connected as I can to what I'm saying during it. And there are only lovers on the late night tube, but where am I at 
this time when I'm on the train and like um I'd worn a I'd worn a blue bracelet that uh was given to me by someone very special and on the way into that session on the train the bracelet broke and fell off after like 15 years and so it just felt very it just felt like this is the day I have to do it and like not overthink it and not fuck with it and that's what you get <laughs> that's what you get with it and Johanna's arrangement of the piano is just magical that kind of gave me a little bit of goosebumps when you just said that <laughs> that part of the story <laughs> um no I'm I'm kind of wondering how you managed to fit these song recordings and the writing in I know that you are very busy there's obviously the Nio project itself I know that there is Neon Grew, which is a band that you front as well. And then there mm-hmm. is a, um, I love that we can call this a side job, a side gig almost, that you um, <laughs> that you might have played with a certain Harold Styles across America <laughs> last year. Styles. Harold Styles. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of manage the three and what comes um, or what, what, what takes your creativity first or what kind of priority wise priority wise i mean when i'm doing the the harry gig i have to prioritize that because it's like it's a different side of music and it's a it's challenging for me because i've always been like a songwriter traveler hitchhiker happy-go-lucky kind of you know whatever gigs i can pick up wherever i am so (laughs) um that that requires a lot of my attention and a lot of focus, but uh, I feel so lucky, especially to have got the do- job just before this pandemic and um, have the support of someone who, you know, is very successful in the music world. Um, and it gave it gave me a lot of time over COVID to not have to worry and to be able to, to write. Um, and I can't, yeah, like seeing Harry again after that time was pretty emotional for me because I tried to, you know, I tried to communicate to him what that meant uh, as an artist who's always been struggling and has been like squatting in London for years to all of a sudden like have a little bit of money and not have to work every day and to just like allow my songwriting to flourish and so yeah, I'm I'm really truly so grateful to him, and to get to bring his songs to life is is really interesting. It's it's not something that I thought I would uh, end up doing, but um, I really enjoy it, and I really love the band that we have formed all together. And um, you know, my first time playing with musicians who. I didn't know, you know, like I'm not like a session guy. I've always played with my mates. So, yeah, really interesting challenge. And when I'm on the road, it's it's cool. I like it's inspiring to be in different places every day and um, and to like be fulfilled in terms of like playing these big, huge gigs. Um, it takes a lot of the pressure actually off the need for Nio or the need for Neon Grew to like be commercially successful or make money it just means that I have the fun tokens to put into that and 
to like let that go wherever it wants to go. So I really enjoy the juggle of it. It's definitely tiring at times, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And yeah, I feel, I feel very privileged. Have you found a cross section of fans kind of coming across and discovering your music now, discovering Nio and discovering Neon Group? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's very different pop music and folk music and like folky soul, whatever Neon Grew is. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there is, there is a crossover. It's not a huge crossover, but um, it's really nice to, I think especially for the Nio stuff, a lot of my songs are like super connected to my emotional state and me trying to figure out or navigate being a 20 something girl. Um, and so, yeah, I've, yeah, I've connected with some like beautiful fans, especially in America. Cause we've just done that leg of the tour and, um, yeah, that feels, that feels really special and they're lovely. <laughs> That's very, very cool. Um, I do have one very quick last question about that tour and then we are going to move yeah. on. Mainly is Jenny Lewis as cool as we think? Oh uh, like, gosh. is she as cool as you think she is? She's cooler. She's cooler than yeah. you think she is. <laughs> she, brought, she brought her dog, Bobby Rhubarb, on tour and um, she's amazing and her band are just incredibly shit-hot players and... Yeah, she's just, I mean, look at her. She's just so cool. And any time that that I could uh, sort of sneak around and and say hi and hang with her, I was like, absolutely. She's very easygoing and um, just writes such good music. So, yeah, stoked. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Love love Jenny Lewis. Um, Mm -hmm. No, usually we would ask our guests, what they're currently listening to, if there's any kind of record or single EP, whatever it may be, that's taken their fancy. Is there anything at the moment that's, um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to open my Spotify because <laughs> it's always that question. When, when someone asks you, your head just goes, <clears throat> and you can't remember a single <laughs> thing. Um, but I have been, oh, I, I can tell you, I can tell you. Uh, let me get the title of it right though, because it's a very funny, long, um, funny long one it is uh, i can't stop listening to it every day dragon new warm mountain i believe in you by big thief yes i'm not sure if you can see it i know before we started recording that we discussed julia jacklin and phoebe but that's the the big thief oh, one is, is the third one oh fuck. that was um i just i i'm i'm obsessed with it and i think uh, it's just incredible to see a band who want to fuck with the creative process. You know, like they recorded a few songs here and a few songs there. And um, my favorite tracks on the album are the ones that they recorded at Jonathan Wilson's studio in Topanga. I can I can hear it because I, I, <laughs> I know sonically what's going on in his studio. But yeah, I think it's so beautiful and it's really well written and it's explorative uh, in a way that a lot of albums just aren't these days um and and the mistakes on it i love the sort of messed up guitar solos and <laughs> yeah I, I think it's i honestly i'm just gonna rave about that album now for the rest of the interview it's so good <laughs> <laughs> i 
you would not get any complaints from me if you wanted to continue to rave about it. I think one of the <laughs> one of the best of the year so far. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an album that got me through lockdown was um, "Dreamers Are Waiting" by Crowded House. Um, yes. was their first new release in a long time, and the first time uh, for Nielsen having his sons on the album, which was so cool for them to bring like new songwriting styles and new production techniques to a very like old and very well-established crowded house sound. Um, and I thought they did it so well. And just to hear, hear like some Kiwi men uh, talking about a global pandemic from little New Zealand and the way that they <laughs> saw it, I think it's just super cool. That album um, as well, I agree. I guess I didn't kind of frame it like that previously, but it is like you've got Liam, who's a songwriter in his own regard, and um, and just bringing new elements or new kind of ways to to not replace the previous Crowded House template because there was nothing wrong with that, but more so just add to it. Yeah, and like bring it, bring it. I don't want to say bring it into the year 2020 or whenever it was released <laughs> but I just think they they navigated that that change of band really really well and there aren't many old bands that do that they kind of just stick to the the same old formula and I I really admire uh every every sort of musical thing that Nielsen does for that because he's he's about creativity he's not about sticking to whatever's making money or whatever's doing well yeah, 100%. I think, um, yes, two very, very solid choices. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Thank you. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. It's been lovely. Thank you, Simon. It has been a lovely, uh, lovely conversation. And um, congrats again on the EP, which is out this Friday. that's our show. A massive thank you to Nio for her time. Garden of Eden is out this Friday and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream Nio's music. We also want to give a huge shout out to Jake at Here for Good Agency for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.